PM calls for Dole Rise, Coca-Cola tells its staff to be less white, and Kevin Rudd denies punching a Chinese negotiator. All that and more, coming up. Inside Out with Nick Holt. Mostly sunny and 31 in Brisbane today, 29 and sunny with a late chance of showers on the Gold and Sunshine coasts. Overcast in a top of 21 in Sydney, 17 and mostly cloudy in Melbourne. Looking around the globe now, it'll be 24 in Los Angeles, 1 in New York, 14 in Jerusalem, 17 under in Moscow, 1 degree in Beijing, 13 in Tokyo and 9 degrees in London. Inside Out. Good morning. It is Tuesday the 21st of February 2021. You're listening to Breakfast with Nick Holt on Inside Out. A reminder that you can listen to Inside Out on Spotify, iTunes and iHeartRadio. Kevin Rudd has denied a report by former British Prime Minister Gordon Brown that he had to be physically restrained from punching a Chinese negotiator during a climate summit in Copenhagen. Mr Brown made the claim in a review of a book by Microsoft founder Bill Gates. However, the former Australian Prime Minister has dismissed the suggestion as an urban myth. Writing in the Guardian newspaper, Mr Brown wrote that I look back on Copenhagen when the UK and Europe's enthusiasm for a deal failed to overcome both the reluctance of the US to make a legally binding commitment and the deep suspicion of China, India and the emerging economies of any obligations that they believed might threaten their development. So determined were they to avoid binding commitments that they rejected Europe's offer to unilaterally bind itself to a 50% cut in emissions. So bitter were the divisions that the Australian Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd, who bravely stood out for an ambitious deal, had to be physically restrained from punching the Chinese negotiator. Of course, this isn't the first time that Mr Rudd's temper has got him into the press. This fucking language! Inside Out. Well, say goodbye to Coca-Cola. It is time for Woca-Cola. The beverage company has made employees go through racism training recently that teaches company workers how to be, amongst other things, less white. Writing in the Washington Examiner today, uh, Michael Lee writes, Images show a section of the training slides titled Confronting Racism, Understanding What It Means to Be White, Challenging What It Means to Be Racist. The training then advances to a slide with special instructions on how employees can be less white. Quote, be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant, be more humble. Listen, believe, break with apathy, break with white solidarity. These are some of the things that have been listed by Coca-Cola, multinational publicly listed company, one of the biggest in the world. It continues. The training then claims that this effort to be less white has to start early, as children as young as three are already taught that their white race makes them inherently superior. Not sure where the evidence is for that. Quote, in the US and other Western nations, white people are socialised to feel they are inherently superior. In the US and other Western nations, white people are socialised to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. The slide read. Research shows that by the age of three to four, children understand that it's better to be white. 
Now, the company did furnish the Washington Examiner with a response, and that statement said, quote, The video and images attributed to Coca-Cola training program are not part of the company's learning curriculum. Our Better Together Global Training is part of a learning plan to help build an inclusive workplace. It's comprised of a number of short vignettes, each a few minutes long. The video includes access to the LinkedIn learning platform on a variety of topics, including diversity, equity and inclusion. The video in question was accessible on the LinkedIn learning platform, but was not part of the company's curriculum. We continue to listen to our employees and refine learning programs as appropriate. Now, I've spoken about the notion of the corporate oligarchies on the show before. Just like the Russian oligarchs of the former Soviet republics, who took pretty much all the wealth in the aftermath of the disillusion of the Soviet Union, there's no difference. They use monopolistic tactics to dominate industries, awesome political influence to promote their own interests, politics and worldview. They control multiple businesses, pay low wages, make products offshore, and like a band of thieves, they've pillaged, plundered and robbed the United States blind. And now that they've robbed it blind, they want to culturally oppress people too by controlling what they say. If America does devolve into a second world country, Coke doesn't care. And if the hard-working American loses his or her job for wrong think, Coke doesn't care. Because Coke is woke, at least until it goes broke. Inside Out. Turning to a story now by Simon Benson in today's Australian, Scott Morrison will seek party room endorsement on Tuesday for a modest permanent increase to the dole in exchange for stricter mutual obligation conditions once the $150 COVID-19 job seeker supplement ends next month. The Australian also has been informed that a major reform package designed to jettison up a dozen other welfare supplements has been shelved due to long-term cost it would impose on the budget. The proposed increase to the dole comes as the government starts the national rollout of COVID-19 vaccine with 60,000 priority healthcare staff, quarantine workers and aged care residents across the country due to receive injections this week. Following the pressure from the welfare lobby, business groups, the Reserve Bank and amid growing support from within government ranks to extend pandemic payments for the jobless or permanently lift the base rate, Cabinet was on Monday night preparing to sign off on the first real increase to the dole since the mid-90s. The Australian understands that a meeting of the Expenditure Review Committee last Friday decided to abandon a broad-scale reform proposal, streamlining the welfare system into a single higher payment for unemployed Australians eligible to receive up to a dozen other supplements or subsidies. The government has instead opted for an isolated permanent rise to the job seeker payment, which is currently set at $565 a fortnight for a single non-renter with no dependents. The problem here is the lockdowns. Everybody knows it. Lockdowns have shut small businesses, they've destroyed people's financial autonomy, and they've crushed any hope of having financial stability. Unless, of course, you're a government employee. In which case, well, you'll be fine. But what happens when the money dries up? When the cash stops hitting the palm? We'll be left with financially disadvantaged citizens. All while the oligarchs shake the piggy bank for those last few coins. Because the welfare state never works.
It doesn't work because it sees the individual as nothing more than an element, a molecule. And the good of that individual is completely subordinated to the design and function of the welfare state. I want to finish with a quote by Pope Benedict from his 2005 encyclical Deus Caritas Est, which means God is love. The state which would provide everything, absorbing everything into itself, ultimately become a mere bureaucracy, incapable of guaranteeing the very thing which the suffering person, every person, needs, namely loving personal concern. We don't need a state which regulates and controls everything, but a state which, in accordance with the principle of subsidiarity, generously acknowledges and supports initiatives arising from the different social forces and combines spontaneity with closeness to those in need. Inside Out with Nick Holt. 